0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whichever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning in. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I am delighted to have you with me because this is the day that the Lord hath made and I will rejoice and I hope that you are rejoicing and let us be glad in it because we are alive. I am so grateful just to be among the land of the living as the old folks used to say in the churches that I grew up in, just to, to wake up in the morning and open my eyes immediately I just start thanking God because you allowed me to see another day and you did not have to. So that encourages me and lets me know that his plan is still taking place in my life and he is not done and I am not done here. And so I hope that you take that same perspective Your life is not an accident. You are here on purpose and it does not matter. I don't even know why I'm starting off like this, but it does not matter what is going on in your life. There is a God who loves you. He created you. He made you, as the Bible says, for his handiwork, for his pleasure. The Bible tells us that we are not our own. We were brought at a Christ, We were ransomed through the blood of Christ. And I want to encourage someone, this was on my mind earlier. If you have never received Jesus as your personal savior, I've never led anyone to a sinner's prayer, never found it in the Bible. I cannot find it in the Bible. I did read about how it was started during a revival. I don't recall the full story, but I think two men put a bench or something up in the front of a sanctuary and people would go up to the bench and, you know, repent or confess their sins or whatever. And, you know, they started uh, leading people through this sinner's prayer. Well, I didn't see where Jesus did that or the apostles, uh, the disciples did that. It's not something that I do. I don't believe that just saying a few words is, you know, this magical prayer is just going to change a person's life. But I do know of the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And we're told even through, uh, the apostle Paul's letters and the gospels, we're told to believe on him, to believe him with all your heart, um, to confess him. And, you know, uh, one of, one of the things that came to me was to encourage you if you never have or if if you want to understand about Christ in eternal life as it pertains to us today, the, the, the Gospels. Yeah, it's good. We we can read the Gospels. I read through them probably hundreds of times. Listen to them on tapes when tapes were out on CD. You can watch them on you know DVD. I've read them tons of times, but you need to understand that that ministry was to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus's ministry and the disciples ministry was to Israel. And so the apostle Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And he has roughly 17 letters, epistles that talk to us about Christian living and salvation and lays out, you know, in books like Ephesians and Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, what we have as a result and how we come into fellowship and communion with the Father. So um, the book of John, one of the synoptic, synoptic gospels, tells about Jesus, his words. It doesn't focus as much on the miracles like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And you can definitely find out about eternal life. Um, So I would just just encourage you to do that. If you haven't read it in a long time, go back and read it. It can only do you good. So what does it mean to rejoice? It means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations to exalt. And my acronym for rejoices is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. And we have to make that decision despite what is going on in our lives because if you've been alive and on the face of this earth for any amount of time, then you know you are not always going to have happy days or joyous days. There's gonna be some rain. There's gonna be some clouds. There's gonna be some sunshine. There are gonna be some really horrible days but you have to make a choice about how you're going to respond uh one of my previous episodes a very short 15 minute talk I talked about move uh keep moving regardless and that's the, pretty much the mentality that we need to adapt even in these latter times as we know things are changing all around us covid Uh, 19 ushered us into a total different way of life. And we know all of this lines up with scripture, the various things that the book of Revelation, if you haven't ever read Revelation or if you've been away from it, that's another good book to read. And get familiar with in the book of Matthew, expressly the 24th chapter comes to mind. Jesus also talks about what to expect in these last days. We have to wake up and realize that we are living in the last days. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that perilous times will come. The Bible tells us there's going to be a great falling away. There's going to be wars, rumors, pestilence of war, you know, excuse me, pestilences, famines. Plagues, all kind of things that we're going to be dealing with, and we're right in those times, and so we need to be prepared. We need to be ready for the things to come, and I don't know any other way because, see, I I am not superwoman. I'm not a superhero. I can't do anything in and of myself. The government can't do it. Our leaders don't know all of the answers. They are doing the best that they can. They're only men and women. They don't have all the answers. They don't know everything. Keep in mind that they're dealing with their own family issues, their own health crises. Uh, They're losing loved ones. They go through financial things. and I'm not so sure about our president. He came into office wealthy, but- regardless, he's a man, he has problems too. And the Bible tells us to pray for those who have the rule and authority over us. But I'm sorry, I don't put my trust in man. I don't. I trust in Jesus. I put my trust in God. That is the only way I know to survive, to thrive. That's the only way I know to make it out here. And I know that no matter what I've been through, no matter what has happened in my life, even through mistakes that I have made, bad choices that I made, things that have totally come and knocked me off kilter or knocked me off guard when I didn't even see it coming. It was him that picked me up, helped me to get through it. So during this time and during these uh, last days that we're living in, I'm not changing my position. I'm not going backwards. I'm looking to the hills, as Psalm said, from what my help comes from because I know that that is where my help comes from. And so that's where my money is. I'm putting all all my chips on him. (laughs) There's nothing else. No one else. There is no savior on the face of this earth. There's no knight in shining armor. There is no person that is just so, so, so wonderful that I'm going to put my trust in them. No, I'm putting my trust. This word that I read from, I'm always talking to you about something right now. I'm reading through Uh, chapters in Genesis, and we're talking about Joseph working our way up to forgiveness. And I told you the last episode, I want you to get out of hateville, hurtville and any other ville. It could be a village, any other place that is keeping you down, any other place where you do not need to be. I want you to get up out of that thing. So we want to learn some lessons from Joseph's story, just as we're perusing through each chapter. And today I'm going to pick up at chapter 40 and read through it because we know that time runs down. But before I do, I want to play another one of my son's songs. This one he entitled On My Mind Like, and then it says dot, dot, dot. So I'm going to play a little bit of this song. It's a really um, mellow type of groove and, you know, Just want you to check it out and then I'll be back to talk about Joseph for the remainder of my time with you. Hang on. Oh, that's a real mellow one right there. I like that groove. I was sitting here listening, thinking, hmm, this is a nice tune to lay back in a chair, sit back and do some reflecting upon your life and, you know, see where you need to go, what you need to do, visualize yourself being where you need to be. I'm not just talking with a lot of the group gurus and the law of attraction people talk about, you know, visualize yourself in this house and car. No, I'm just saying, see yourself in a better place. See yourself in better circumstances. And then, you know, after that, after all of that visualizing, you still have to get up and put a plan together. I don't know about you, but I'm all for Seeking God's plan because He knows better than I could ever know. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, as Matthew 6 and 33 says, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I just choose to trust and believe that God knows what's best for me. I do my part and I leave the rest to Him. And so if you have your Bible, if you can read along or on your device, if you would like to, I'm reading today uh, Genesis chapter 40. And we're still talking about Joseph. We're in the midst of the plots against him. You know, he had his brothers as enemies. We know in 37 they sold him off to slavery instead of killing him. And then he was accused by. Uh, Pharaoh's, uh, Potiphar's wife who was coming after him. She was trying to seduce him and he stood his ground, uh, tells us that, you know, in 39, that she was coming after him day by day, but Joseph would not sin against God or his master. Joseph walked in integrity. I spoke to the men out there that, you know, you need to get to this place. It is a brand new day. The whole purpose of this podcast, you can start again. Even if almost every day of your life, you have not been that man, that man, you know, walking in integrity. I don't care who you are. I don't care uh, what leadership position you hold. If you're a man, I'm speaking to you. You can start again. You can start fresh and you can give the reins over to God and let him begin to take care of your life. Joseph was a man who was highly favored by God in every situation, and God desires the same for you men. And I went off on a tangent a few times for these women out here, be it you're a married woman and you're coming after another man, or you're trying to step outside of your marriage, or you're a a, a woman who is pursuing a married man you need to stop it you will pay the penalty one day even if it doesn't come on you right now you will reap what you sow read through the books of uh the chapters in a book of proverbs and see how God talks over and over about adultery it is a sin even all the way back in Exodus we are told it is a sin Adultery will destroy your soul. So whoever needs to hear this today, you need to come up out of that. You need to leave it alone. You need to stop letting the enemy use you because even if you think you're having a good time now, you will reap the penalty. And I promise you, no matter how good it is, it will not end up good for you. So you need to come up out of that thing and start fresh today. Let it be a brand new day for you too. And repent and pray for the Lord to have mercy on you. Because we know even from um, King David, King David messed up and I don't have time to go into it. I talked about him a few times. Uh, He messed up with the sin of adultery, had the woman's husband killed and all of that. And yes, God forgave David and he called them a man after his own heart. But you go read through those books and Samuel and see how David paid the consequences, how his child still died, regardless as to the fact that he fasted and laid out before the Lord. Yeah, he was sorry, but he still had consequences to pay and the, the, the sword never left from his house. So that was for somebody out there. It is It is not time out here to be living wild and loose and doing what you used to do or what you think you want to do. We know that when this is all over, according to the Bible that I read and I believe in, I've been reading it all of my life, there is something greater coming after all of this, after this world ends We're going to stand before him and you're going to be judged where you're going to spend eternity. And I would not... Want to be spending my eternity in eternal flames with the devil and the false prophets? Read it for yourself. Read Revelation 20 through 22. I love 22 that talks about the new beginning, talking about a brand new day. That's a brand new day. And I'm living to live again. And when it's all said and done, I want to see his face and I want to be with him. There's nothing. I said it before. I'll say it again. No thing, nothing, no person, no worldly treasure or pleasure that is worth me dying and losing my soul and going to hell for eternity. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain this whole world? You can have all the riches. I'm talking to the celebrities. I don't care who you are. You can have it all. You can be number one in a box office. You can have the flyest cars, uh, garages full of cars like jay leno you can have the most beautiful houses and some of them have mansions and all kinds of things even these celebrity christian preachers and things you can have all of that but the bible says what does it profit you to gain all of that and then die and lose your soul somebody needs to take some time to think today is it really worth it and i only have about 10 more minutes so let me jump into this chapter I hope your answer is no. I really hope your answer is no. And I'm praying that you come to your senses today and turn and repent. Verse one says, and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the kings of king of Egypt and his baker had offended their Lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. Three, and he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. Four, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them and they continued a season in ward. Five, and they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man, his dream in one night. Each man, according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison six. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold, they were sad seven. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house saying, wherefore look you so sadly today. Now look, Joseph is in prison. The scripture said he was bound as well, but apparently his disposition is different. Than that of these prisoners. So he's going to them to encourage, encourage them. And he's in the same situation. Eight says, and they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them. I pray you. Nine and the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. Ten and in the vine was three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters there have brought forth ripe grapes. Eleven and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. 12, and Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. 13, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. 14, but think on me when it shall be well with thee. And show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. 15. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. 16. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, so now he's getting a little encouraged, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. 17, and in the uppermost basket there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. 18, and Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof, the three baskets are three days. 19, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from all thee and shall hang thee on a tree. I can just picture his face at that very moment. And the bird shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Hmm. 20. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants, 21. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, 22. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. So see, Joseph interpreted those dreams and he was accurate. So that means that he prophesied, he didn't prophesy as some people do. What he said, it came to pass. How many of you, like myself, have received many, many, prophecies from people that have never come to pass. That's why we don't put our faith. And I'm not saying that a lot of people have evil intentions or anything like that, but you know, if it's the Lord, because it will come to pass. And we know that Joseph had the spirit of God. He was a man of integrity and he had the favor of God. So what he spoke, it came to pass in that three day time. So 23 says, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now that's another offense added. And so we're going to see, I don't have time to start the next chapter, which is 41. You can go on and read it for yourself. If you want finish the whole story, if you want, I'm just going through it you know, as I'm able on this short time and it's just something that I want to share because it is a good story that talks about the power of forgiveness. So not only did he have to forgive his brothers for what they had done and they're the reason why he's in this um, in the first place. And then I'll take it even further. His father is not innocent in it because his father for many years showed favoritism and showed um his brothers how much he favored and preferred Joseph over them and they were the ones out doing all the work you know shepherding keeping his flock and stuff and Joseph was like his little golden boy and then there was one son younger than Joseph which was Benjamin he was by the same mother Rachel who died. And Rachel was the wife that, uh, Jacob loved more than Leah and the other two concubines. I'm telling you, you have to read the story for yourself. It's a really deep story, but this is how God brought the, um, children of Israel, up uh, through, uh, Israel and the four women that he had children by and Joseph and Benjamin were the youngest sons from his favorite wife, Rachel. So yes, he favored, Uh, them more than the other sons. And so it started this rivalry and the Bible says that they hated Joseph so much that they could not even speak peaceably to him. So there was a lot going on in the family. And for whatever reason, Joseph uh, Jacob was not um, aware of it because if he was, he probably would not have sent him to follow after his brothers. But Even in this, it was God's providence. And you can see God working through this entire story. God got the glory from beginning to end. He was with Joseph. I don't know what all Joseph was going through, his feelings. I'm sure there was anguish there. There was emotions. Uh, I'm sure he did a lot of crying. I'm sure that he was questioning. We do that. We're human. He was human like we were questioning God, like why I'm doing the right thing why did you allow them to do this to me? Why am I here in this prison? I didn't do anything wrong. Who knows? Maybe that's why God allowed him to stay in there. We can only you know surmise we can only uh make a conjecture about some things when they're not told us directly, but maybe God allowed him to stay in the prison for two more years because he still had work to do maybe he was working out that bitterness in his heart maybe joseph was sitting in that prison plotting revenge or you know wondering oh, if i ever see them again and oh and what about this um this butler i interpreted his dream and i told him don't no, forget me and he You know, he got out of here and when it was well with him, okay, wait, I got something for all of them. Yeah, one day God's going to take me up to that position that he showed me and I'm going to do A, B, C. We don't know what the situation was. We can only guess, you know, but for whatever reason, God allowed him to stay in it Longer. Sometimes we need to sit back and examine ourselves and you ask yourself and it may not always be the case, but sometimes like the children of Israel, we are keeping ourselves bound and tied in certain situations because we refuse to do the work. That's a whole nother topic. We hold on to bitterness and anger and you know frustration, and we don't always have the right attitude towards things or people that has hurt us. It is not always easy, even if it is scripture, even if you follow the scripture to do exactly what the scripture tells you because your flesh doesn't want to do it. Who really wants to pray for someone that has hurt you or, or used you, especially when you know it's been deliberately done and this person is going on about their business and they have absolutely no care or concern as to your feelings. I have someone in my life who constantly does things and has done things for years, but constantly makes excuses. And then for some reason, I still do things for this person. And it it, it has made me angry and bitter in a lot of areas. And I've had to work through it and I'm still working through some things. So my time is running down. We'll pick it up again on another episode. I hope you're getting something out of this. Stay encouraged. Talk to you soon.